Live, Respect Me Podcast, Season 4, Episode 7, Greggy T, back again, No King J. No King J. Uh, it's rigged, as he would say, but we're glad to be back for another week. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, uh, Bills-Steelers matchup, we're going to get into the Bills-Chiefs rematch from last January playoff game, uh, possibly, no it is going to be the game of the week, mm-hmm. um, yep. we got a you know, three or four games we're going to talk about from last week. We'll get into our pickums and we'll end on some news. But uh, let's get into the Bills <clears throat> Steelers game. Thirty-eight to three. Bills smoke the Steelers. Not too sure. I was expecting that big of a blowout. I thought it was going to be sizable, but man, it looked like we were just playing nobody for a while. Um, I don't know, man. Greg, thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I'm with you. I didn't know if the final score was going to be uh, that big of a blowout, but. Definitely the outcome I expected as a Bills fan because you got to take care of bad teams in this league, uh, especially when you get the opportunity right. against a backup quarterback in his first career start on the road. Bills made life pretty miserable for Kenny Pickett. I mean, as the Bills have done most of the season for a lot of quarterbacks in the league, not just Kenny Pickett. But uh, after the first drive of the game, that 98-yard touchdown from Allen to Davis, I pretty much knew that at that moment in time uh, it was going to be a long day for Pittsburgh, and that's exactly what it was. And once again, not only was the Bills' offense great, the defense was spectacular as it's been a focal point, actually probably more than the offense this year. Uh, The defense has been consistent all five weeks and probably a big reason why the Bills are 4-1. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. The defense really stepped up this game. I mean, our offense has been like top two pretty much all season. So, you know, no surprise there. But um, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried. I think it was a muffed kick literally on the opening kickoff, and that's why we got it at the two-yard line. And I'm like, here we go again. Are we going to give them free points for the second or third game in a row here? So I was a little nervous, uh, you know, a little worried about the start of that game. Um, Luckily, Pittsburgh is a bad team, and we still have Gabe Davis out there, who looks like he's back to 100% after three catches for a buck 71 and two touchdowns that game, but including that 98 eight-yard touchdown to start the game off. I mean, that's huge for us. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, was in it a little bit as far as in the beginning of the game. It was close. It was, I think, 10-3 to after the first quarter. So nothing screams blowout right away. Yeah, we have a huge play. They get a field goal. We get a field goal. Next thing you know, it's only a seven-point game uh, going into the second quarter. So it looks like a typical game. I was also pretty uh, happy that Shakir uh, ended up starting this game. I think he was our slot receiver. Yep. McKenzie was out uh, with the concussion. Yep. He played great. Yeah, 75 yards and a touchdown. Um, he looked good. Digs at another 100-yard game and a touchdown. Yeah. It's like clockwork for him at, uh, every yeah. time he touches it, man. Um, Josh had three touchdowns in the third quarter alone, mm-hmm. finished with four on the day. Yeah, the Bills were great. Obviously, the Bills' offense is um, as good as it gets in the league. Uh from a skill position wise, probably the best in the league. But um, what people don't understand is, or maybe you do, uh, it depends on your viewpoint on the whole thing. But uh, Gabe Davis being healthy uh, is probably the most important thing for the Bills' offense because as good mm-hmm. as Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are, got to have that go-to guy after your first receiver. If teams take away your first receiver and they're going to uh, double team Diggs, a yeah, lot of they're good gonna, teams are going to yeah. look away to take away your best player. And so Gabe, you have to have role players. And yeah, exactly. And Gabe Davis was awesome, and he looks to be like you said, uh, fully healthy, removed from the ankle injury, and uh, it couldn't have come at a better time for him to blow up right before they play their biggest game of the season this week against the Chiefs. So obviously, um, that's good news. And the Bills' offense going to get Isaiah McKenzie back this week. So for the most part, um, 
Hopefully Dawson Knox plays too. But for the most part, going into this game, besides maybe one or two couple injuries on defense, the Bills are fairly healthy, which is obviously important for such an important game this week on the road. Yeah, I will say, I mean, yeah, we were making life a little bit miserable for Kenny Pickett. His stats, if you just look at it, weren't terrible. Yep. He actually had a 65 completion percentage. He threw for over 300 yards. No touchdowns on a pick, but it wasn't, if you look at just the stat line, like just him personally, it doesn't look bad. And you wouldn't think somebody's getting blown out uh, by 35 points by just reading his stats off alone. Yep. Um, where we were big at on defense was third down and fourth down stops. Uh, the Steelers were five for 15 on third downs, 0 for three on fourth downs. That's the game right there. It doesn't matter if you're throwing for 350 yards and have a 65 completion percentage. If you can't get your, uh, if you can't make completions on the downs that matter, yep. i.e., third and fourth down, it doesn't really matter at that point. Um, and I also did want to add in that James Cook finally got a his first uh, touchdown of the season, yep. kind of getting the monkey off the back. That was huge for him, I think. Um, huge for the Bills too to have a, a player other than Josh Allen running the ball for a touchdown. Yep. We need to start getting the run game going a little bit more. I said last week I'd like to see Singletary minimum around. 13 to 15 yard or 13 15 carries a game I'd, I'd like to see 15 it always depends on the script um but it was pretty evenly split between singletary cook moss allen everybody kind of got in the uh, in rhythm last week so um yep. i thought we played pretty good um was there anything you thought the bills could have improved on i mean this game it looked like nothing we we just spanked them but no, there's always areas i mean obviously even a game where it's 38 to 3 you think you think there's uh, stuff to improve, but not much. I thought the Bills um, really played great uh, on both sides. I mean, Josh Allen threw for almost 450 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, offense was great. Um, on that touchdown run by James Cook, he looked identical to his brother, uh, Dalvin, on that run. he, You know what? Uh, he He's had a rocky start to his career. Call me crazy, though, but he may be down the road this year. I tell you what might actually have a massive impact on the Bills because uh, I think he can really play. I think the first couple weeks was a lot of jitters, but uh, on that he did a lot of nice cuts. Uh, he looked good on, out on that there. touchdown run. Yeah, he looked good. So I don't. I I always have not disliked Singletary, but uh, he could be playing behind Singletary later in the year if he takes over for Zach Moss if he doesn't uh, right. mess up. So I mean that's a good guy to have. But I really didn't think the Bills. I mean, it's hard. It's it, I watched the whole game. It's hard to nitpick, but I really don't think they did much wrong. I mean, yeah. when you don't score a touchdown the entire game, um, it's hard to say that defense did anything wrong. So Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Uh, let's move on to the Bills-Chiefs matchup mm-hmm. uh, this week, Sunday, 425 Eastern Standard Time. Both teams 4-1. and one. Yep. Bills looking to get a little bit revenge here on, on the Chiefs from last year in the playoffs uh, in, back in January. Um I don't know, man. This is going to be a this is going to be a battle of two really good quarterbacks, two uh, possible MVPs. Um, it's going to be a shootout, in my opinion. High scoring game, possibly. Yeah, um, definitely high scoring game. I, I like the over. I, I actually, no disrespect to the Bills' defense, but just because of how good the Kansas it's hard State, to stop. Uh, it's going to be hard because they're on, well because it's going to be hard because Bills have played good good quarterbacks this year. Uh, but none even close to the level of Pat Mahomes in that offense, and it's on the road. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably the easiest. I think the over-under for this game is 52. That's probably the easiest over of the week. Um, when these two teams get together, uh, both teams usually score above 25 points. Uh, it's almost a given, uh, given the fact that they have the best two quarterbacks, I believe, right now in the NFL. Uh, so I expect 
a lot of points, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. You know, key player to watch on the Chiefs is definitely gonna be Travis Kelsey. Uh, we, yeah. We'll talk about his Monday night game having four touchdowns, but I mean. Kelsey's got seven on the year. Uh, he's their leading receiver. He's in yards and receptions, I believe. Um, it's really like one guy you got to key on now. Last year, I know it's like, hey, we got to have somebody kind of watch the top for Tyreek, one guy underneath for Kelsey. Yep. And it's very hard to watch two dynamic players like that. This year, it, it makes it a little easier on us. I'm not too worried about Valdez Scantling. I'm not worried no, about Juju no, Smith Schuster no, uh, or Mecole Hardman. These guys are all role player average second wideout um, players, man. They don't have anybody electric like Tyreek anymore, anybody that's really going to threaten you like that in regard. So, hey, when we get into the red zone, watch Travis Kelsey. I couldn't believe that he got four touchdowns uh, on Monday night, but it, it's crazy. They they like to mix up their running backs. They have three running backs that are cycling through, Edwards Hilaire, uh, Pacheco, and McKinnon, and they all play a different role on, on offense. Yeah, I, I don't... Um... There's obviously a lot of game plan that goes into um, a game like this. Obviously, how important it is. Patrick Mahomes on the road, uh, as good as they are on offense. You have to understand something, though. The league, in general, I don't know if it's maybe he can't be covered, but every week it's just getting a little bit ridiculous. You know, like, I mean, like, they don't have Tyree Kill anymore. So, like, when you're a defensive coordinator and you're a head coach and you're preparing for the week, um, I actually, believe it or not, despite his four touchdowns this week, he had under 30 receiving yards. So the Raiders did that part right, but... You really have to like understand, like, at this point, you have to take that guy away. Like, and nobody in the league does it. So there really is when you go into this game this week, Bills are gonna have to get real physical at the line of scrimmage with Kelsey, and you have to take that guy away. Cause if you take that guy away, I tell you right now, you can forget everything else that happens in the game. They're probably gonna win the game if you take away Kelsey, because you have to make McCole Hardman, Valdis Scantling, and their running backs beat you. Like, sign me up yeah, all day. I, I like those odds. So, like, just you. But it's ridic- It's amazing, this guy every week just running by people. Like, you got to take this guy away. Like, get physical with him. Do what you got to do. Like, the Bills, I think, overall, it's really not close. I mean, have a better offense. They got better playmakers. Uh, you got Josh Allen playing at MVP level. I think he's playing better than Mahomes, despite what everybody leading up to the game will say this week about how good Mahomes is. I think Allen and the Bills offense is playing better, and so is the Bills defense. But you yeah. got to take away Travis Kelsey. Speaking of the Bills defense, we're first in points allowed and yep. second in yards allowed. So, I mean, that's going to be the key for the Bills is our defense has to hunker down. This is going to be their toughest challenge all year. Yep. Um, it looks like Poyer was limited this week in, uh, in practice. It would be great to have Poyer back. Uh, Christian Benford looks like he might make a return this week. It would be great to have another cornerback return. Um, I don't think there's any more word on um, Trey White coming back this week. I'm thinking they're going to wait till after the bye week. So next week uh, is the bye week. I think it'll be, what is that, week eight or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll probably see Trey White come back. Yep. Um, he did. Yeah, they said he was in practice for the first time in a long time. So... Uh, him practicing is obviously a good sign. Means he's on the doorstep of coming back. Uh, you want to make sure Trey White is 100% when he comes back. You don't want to risk it. And uh, right. understand He's too important. He's too important, yep. So. No, I agree. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to some games uh, this past week here uh, that were notable. Maybe not so notable. I guess not so notable. This uh, Indy-Denver game, possibly one of the most boring games in the last 10 years we've had to watch. Mm-hmm. Seven combined field goals. Um I don't know. We were just hoping and praying that Russell Wilson would find a way or Matt Ryan would find a way. Both quarterbacks that, you know, four years ago, you would never have thought that they would be putting up a touch touchdownless game against each other. 
Yeah, that game last week. Whew, yikes. About as bad as I was expecting it to be, but it wasn't. It was actually, I take it back. It was worse than I expected because there was no touchdowns in the game. Okay. No touchdowns. There was like seven field goals. It's horrible. And then the terrible play calling by the Broncos at the end when they were in the red zone mm-hmm. to not get a field goal when they were up nine to six and decided to go for it, which allowed the Colts to not only come back at the end of regulation and tie the game, they ended up winning the game because the Broncos, again, in overtime, failed miserably on the fourth and two call to try to win the game. Uh, terrible. The quality was terrible, and Thursday night games in general right now have not been very good, except for maybe one or two, and the Broncos are the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. And as a Broncos fan, that stings, because you got Russell Wilson and a good defense and good playmakers on offense. You should have been a lot better to this point through five weeks than they actually are, but they stink. And as far as the Colts go, I I don't know what to say about the AFC South. It's just a, it's a toss-up. I'm still waiting to see who's really to blame for for the lack of offense on the Broncos. Um, we're probably going to have to wait until uh, the coach, Nathaniel Hackett, gets fired for us to really find out if it was him all along. But you're right. Um, they've looked awful. Russ has looked awful. Um, his decision-making hasn't looked good. Throwing that on fourth and two, nope. a pick, like, uh, you're giving – just kick the field goal and – Make them, you know, come back and tie you instead of win the game. Um, yeah, it was, it was all. That's what I'm saying. Is uh, Nathaniel Hackett is going to get fired at the end of the year because uh, he doesn't possibly to, be before that. Yeah, before that, he does not know how to coach this team. Uh, him and Russell Wilson are not getting it done. So it's just, it was just so bad. And that Broncos team right now is just. They're not good. They're not playing good football. It's really simple. That's why they're two and three. Before so. we move on to the next game, I will say the worst game because I saw this online that could possibly beat this game uh, last Thursday out would have been Bills, Browns, 2009, 3-6. Yeah, lose. that was bad. Three Good field call. goals yeah. combined. Weather was terrible. Yep. Weather was terrible. The Bills ended up losing. Um, that one probably, that yep. was probably considered the worst game of all time. Yep. I don't think you can get worse than that than, other than maybe like a 2-0 game, which I don't know if ever existed. <laughs> we'll have to have our stack. I looked that up, but yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, we'll move on to the Pats-Lions game. I know you took the Pats in our pickums last week. Uh, King Jay and I took the Lions. Uh, the Lions had are top three in like all offensive categories. They got shut out. Yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you that uh, Greg T hit a little quick parlay last week, uh, two hundred bucks to win fifteen hundred, which included the Patriots money line, and then I did Patriots minus two and a half on a separate bet. Let me tell you something: that game was almost a lock. You might not have thought about it with Bailey Zappi, but Bill Belichick doesn't lose two in a row at home to a team that cannot stop anybody in Detroit. And uh, I wasn't expecting a shutout, but I tell you right now, New England did exactly what I expect them to do. They win the game, took care, they take care of bad teams. And always have under Belichick at home, especially from the NFC. So, and that's exactly what they did. Um, the Lions, which started the year off promising, possibly, are back to the Lions at one and four. Yeah, the Lions, they're not are stopping being anybody. The Lions yeah, right exactly. now, they know how so, to be the Lions. Yep. Um, moving on to the Chargers, Browns. Chargers win thirty to twenty-eight. Back and forth shootout. Cleveland's kicker. Uh, forget his name. He's, I think he's a rookie kicker. Uh, misses a field goal with 11 seconds left to go on that one. Mm. Um, surprised a little bit that Cleveland was in it that much. Yeah. Um, I still am holding the Chargers as one of the, I'd say, better teams in the league. Um, not like Herbert's not having the year I think that he had starting last year, but they're still a pretty good team. However, should it have been that close against the uh, the Browns? I mean. I, I, you know what's funny is uh, Jacoby Brissett is really uh, holding this team together. Believe it or not, uh, 
after they lost 38-10 to to the Jags and got embarrassed at home, Chargers went on the road and they beat the Texans and the Browns, uh, two teams that obviously won't jump off the page. But I will tell you, winning on the road in the NFL is not an easy thing to do, no matter who you play. So props to the Chargers, because they're obviously a beaten down group right now to win both games on the road. Go back home this week for what looks like a winnable game against the Broncos. We'll see how it shakes out on Monday. But now they're 3-2. and two. And I picked the Chargers to win the game, but I, all, I but I knew it was going to be as close as it was. The Chargers are a middle-of-the-pack team right now, but they're winning. They won the last two weeks solely on Justin Herbert, and when you're one of the better QBs in the NFL, as I have Herbert as. Oh, and Austin Eckler went absolutely bonkers this week. Had like a buck seventy, I think, rushing the ball. He was he was great. So yeah, he had a, he had a lot of rushing yards this week. But he's like the, primarily been their only offense. Uh, they don't really. Uh, I mean, Mike Mike Williams is there still, but yeah. Keenan Allen's hurt. So Keenan Allen's been hurt the whole year. That's what I'm saying. Is they're still down people, but the fact that they've made it through five weeks, uh, three and two means uh, they're going to get people back eventually. They're down with Joey Bosa too. So like, yeah. So the fact that they continue to stay afloat, uh, still puts them in the chance to win that division. Uh, even though the Chiefs are rolling right now, they're definitely going to need help the Chargers this week uh, from the Bills to beat the Chiefs. So. Yeah. Uh, possibly one of the, the crazier games this past week. On Monday night, the Raiders fall to the Chiefs 29-30. Um, that game was all over the place. It looked like the uh, the Raiders were going to spank the, the Chiefs at first. Coming out hot, I think they were up 17 nothing right away. A yep. huge bomb in the first quarter to Devontae Adams on a fourth and two call. Yep. Gutsy call. It paid off, uh, and it's looking like they're going to run away with this one. And then the char- the Raiders being the Raiders, they end up folding somehow, some way, and losing this game by a point. Um there's a lot of questionable things we, we could talk about in this one. I'd like to start with the the roughing the passer, uh, which has been a call that's uh, affected of quite a few games so far this year. Uh, this one, no different. He basically, I think it was Chris Jones strip sacked. Um, took the ball right. Took the ball right car. out of his hands. Yeah, and, and, and he braced himself as he was landing, yeah. and they threw a flag. And it's like, well, when did you throw the flag? After it was a fumble recovery. So uh, you know. That call, I'm going to ask you, should it be a reviewable call going forward? Yeah, actually, the guys on the ESPN who are running the game, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, said that uh, they think pass interf- I'm not pass interference, but roughing the passer needs to be reviewed, uh, and it does. Not only did it happen in the Raiders game, I mean, what do you what do you expect to Chris Jones to do on that play? His momentum is taking him to the ground on Derek Carr's back anyway. Like, he can't do anything. Like, he's just making a normal tackle. And then it happened in the Bucks game which was talked about all week as possibly the worst roughing the passer call the NFL has ever seen when Grady Jarrett grabbed Tom Brady by the midsection and took him down on a perfectly legal tackle and viciously did not slam him to the ground or his head or anything like that after the play was over. And that subsequent call cost the Falcons a chance to get the ball back and win the game. So the NFL is protecting the quarterback. Yes, please protect the quarterback. But this is ridiculous. You're calling pass interference now when these guys are making a normal tackle. Like it's 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 getting out of hand. Yeah, and, and I guess the the counter argument to that is that well, we tried to review pass interference calls uh, a couple of years ago, and that didn't work. Yeah. Um, so how is that going to be any different than reviewing roughing the passer? My take on it is the pass interference calls are way more uh, objective. I guess um, it, it's 
it's kind of ticky tacky. You're looking at two guys possibly fighting for either to, to break the play up or catch the ball or whatever, but mm-hmm. they're kind of battling each other. There's a lot of hand battling going on. Yep. There's not always a clear PI, even when there is PI. I feel like when there's a roughing the passer, it's a lot more clear than a pass interference. You mm-hmm. can tell when there's an obvious roughing the passer call or something that Chris Jones did where at first it might look egregious, but you go back and that is the easiest call to reverse on replay. The one with Tom Brady, that would have been very easy to reverse on replay. So the notion that oh, it's very objective, you, 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 there's going to be the same result when they try to review pass interference plays, and they were mainly defensive pass interference plays, but um, I, I disagree with that. I think we should start reviewing pass interfer- or roughing the passer, especially because they're putting such an emphasis on the quarterback. It has to be reviewable. Uh, those are big penalties, and they're costing uh, games to a lot of people. But um, I agree. The uh, that game wasn't over at that point. Uh, the the Raiders decided to go for two in the fourth quarter um, to take the lead on the Chiefs. I think there was four minutes and 30 seconds left. Not 30 seconds left, four minutes and 30 seconds left to take a one-point lead over uh, the Chiefs. And they failed the two-point conversion. They're still down. You still have to stop the Chiefs, which they did. Um, what? Uh, before I go on to what happened after that, did you like the call to go for two, or do you think they should have just kicked a field goal? and tie the game at that point. Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I do not like the call at all. Um, I don't care about your percentages or what you think it means you're going to win the game or lose the game, whether you get it or not. You go for the tie. You go for the tie, and then you hope to God that your defense stops from home at least one more time, and then you get the ball back on the road with a chance to win. But at the worst-case scenario, you're at least tied, and you're forcing their kicker to make the game-winning kick when the game's tied. You do not go for two there. I, I watched it live. I don't know what they were thinking. 30-29, uh, you did a good you did a good job. And on the previous possession, you just stopped Mahomes from getting the two-point conversion themselves. So I don't know where you thought it was a good idea to go for two. Maybe it's because they're one and three and they're thinking maybe this is a must-win game for us at one and three. Now they're one and four. No. But it's at no. the it's at the it's the timing that is confusing. Exactly. Me. It's you, not, that's what I'm saying. You there's not 30 seconds there. left. There's four minutes and 30 seconds left. They have timeouts. They have Patrick Mahomes. They can probably score. I mean, they did it to the Bills, RIP, yep. in 13 seconds. So uh what is four minutes and thirty seconds gonna do if you go for two at that juncture in the game? It does nothing. I don't know. Exactly. I don't agree Especially with against it. that call. So or that team. Uh you kick the field goal, you're tied, and then hey. They might play a little bit more aggressive if it's a tied game versus them having the lead. I've heard this as a counter argument. Well, that's because they they were already up, so they weren't playing aggressive. They were trying to run the clock out. It was easier for the Chiefs to stop them, or I mean the Raiders to stop them. If Pat Mahomes was tied or down, they would have gone for it on fourth down, and who knows what would have happened. You're right. Who knows what would have happened? They could have missed the fourth down conversion. They still might have punted it. Who knows? But at the end of the day, it was tied at one at four minutes and thirty seconds instead of you still being down. And then we'll we'll fast forward a little bit. They do stop them. It was crazy that they ended up stopping the Chiefs. Um, I think they got the ball back with like a minute something. Um, and Derek Carr throws a lofty ball to Devontae Adams. I think it was to Devontae Adams, but Hunter Renfro ends up running into him, who's one of the better route runners in the league. The signals got mixed up. They end up crashing each other, and the game ends that way. And you hate to see games end like that. Like, I want to see somebody get a shot at possibly catching that football. Um, Honestly, it looks super – like, I watched where that ball landed. I don't even know if Adams would have caught up to it. Maybe if he was running full speed and never got close to Renfro, but – 
I would have liked, I bet you Adams makes that catch. He already had two touchdowns that game, uh, including a fourth down bomb. I think he makes that catch if Renfo doesn't run into him. Yeah, I don't, obviously Devontae Adams pushed the cameraman after the game and I uh, was very frustrated, obviously, because the previous play, his catch that I thought was a catch got ruled incomplete down the sideline, which would have put the Raiders in field goal territory. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so I, I definitely thought he caught it, but actually... It, that was the right call, though. It was it, the right it, call. It, he did not catch it. He didn't get both feet in. But obviously frustrated. Uh, you're trying to beat the best team in the division on the road and get to 2-3, and three, and it's it's frustrating because the Raiders, you know what, the last couple of years, they haven't played many teams in the NFL as consistently as they've played the Chiefs. Uh, and for a long time there, I thought they were going to steal that game. Props to them. They really did play a great game on the road. Um, obviously not an easy place to play, but that's... You know what? Yeah, he ran to Hunter Renfro. Miscommunication, um, and they lost the game. But they wouldn't have lost the game. You never know if they had just gone for the extra point like they should have, and it would have been tied probably at that point. You couldn't, whether it was tied or down by three, doesn't matter. You lost the game now because you went for two. So you lost by a point. So it's on the Raiders for that. And I'll, I will say this too. I think that uh, Derek Carr does need to get uh, do a better job of getting the ball out to Adams a little bit more. Like, yeah, he had two touchdowns. Agreed, agreed. Uh, but it was the like first drive of the game and like the fourth quarter of the game where he had his touchdowns and yep. nothing happens in between. Yep. They were down Darren Waller the entire game. Didn't I think he got hurt in the first quarter. So you're down your next best player. It's like, who? what are you guys doing? Now, Josh Jacobs, I will say, had his best game uh, possibly of his career. He ran for like a buck 50. Uh, he yeah. had a touchdown. Two weeks in a row, Josh Jacobs has been great. Dude, yep. he, he's done great. I get it. Your run game is there, but then when you have to pass it, it's like, where's where's your best receiver? Maybe he's getting double teamed. I wasn't really looking into it that hard, but I feel like he's not even getting the targets that he should get. And if you put the ball close to him, nine out of ten, nine out of ten times that guy's gonna come down with it. So yep, that's just my that's just my take on it. Nope. Uh, we're gonna move on to the week six pickums. Uh, this is some folks' favorite time of the podcast. Uh, we're gonna dive into this one Thursday night tonight, Washington, not the Redskins, Commanders at the Chicago Bears. Another doo-doo dog shit game uh i will watch it because it's football and it's football, i have yep, to yep, yep. and i run a nationally syndicated podcast but um on this one I, i'm going chicago on this one the commanders have looked terrible since week one just awful carson wentz at qb is not getting it done um i terry mclaurin looks like he's gone i don't know if wentz is even throwing to him anymore um they the commanders did get back brian robinson jr last week not much of an impact this as, as far as you know stats but he did take a lot of uh the uh, the attempts away from gibson um i don't think they're, they're they've just proven enough so far chicago has won a couple games where i thought they were going to lose so i think just they're getting the edges one out being the home team yeah i got the bears uh first of all horrible game uh, quite possibly worse than one last week, which you might not think to yourself that's possible. Uh, but there probably will be a touchdown score tonight. Um, but hold my breath on that one. Uh, Chicago, Washington, Wentz, Fields, yikes. Um, although, I agree with you. Besides week one, which they shouldn't have even won against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. you can make the case the Commanders should be the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a win. Carson Wentz, still looking like complete dog crap and has, has since that injury a couple years ago. He he's not the answer for Washington. The only reason I'm gonna pick the Bears in this game is because they're at home, short week. And I saw the stat today: the Bears are 0 and 3 on the road, but 2 and 0 at home. So they win games at home. Uh, they don't win games on the road. So they're gonna continue that trend. It so looks I got like. the Bears. Yep. All right, uh, and King Jay also taking the Bears. Uh, San Fran at Atlanta. Uh, this one pretty easy game. That looks like to pick here. We're going with San Fran. 49ers defense. 
elite. Uh, Atlanta's defense, not elite. 49ers offense is just can get it done. Atlanta's offense doesn't look like they can get anything started here. Marcus Mariota is so inconsistent. Still down uh, Corderell Patterson. They have a couple unknowns at running back. Uh, Kyle Pitts was hurt last week. Possibly, still, I think he's still questionable. He might return uh, this week. And he was their best player last year. He's been a ghost. They've been just thrown to the rookie, Drake London. I haven't seen enough Atlanta games um, to to really give a full take, but I have seen San Fran, and they look tough to beat. Um I'm going San Fran on this one. Yeah, going San Fran as well. Uh, obviously, San Fran right now doesn't just look like a great defense. They look like the best defense in the NFL. Uh, they're pushing people around on both sides. They have massively blown out the Rams and Panthers in back-to-back weeks. Not that it's saying much because Baker Mayfield. But again, another meteor, subpar quarterback you get, I should say mediocre, and Marcus Mariota. Falcons have played teams tough. They lost to the Bucs by six last week on the road. But um, unless San Francisco has a complete like collapse or something, which isn't going to happen. Uh, they are way more physical on both sides of the ball. Should be able to do whatever they want this week on offense, and then their defense should shut down a Falcons team that just doesn't have many go-to guys. And uh, if they don't have Kyle Pitts, uh, this game will get ugly in a hurry. So definitely on the Niners this week. Right. Um, King J taking the Niners as well. Moving on, New England at Cleveland. Uh, it was my bad for not picking New England last week. Man, I should have seen that one coming. That was a good stat. I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't lose two in a row very often. Um, they're going into Cleveland here. I'm still going to take New England on this one. I think Bill's going to keep the train rolling here. Bailey Zappi, I think, is 1-1 one one now in his two starts. Uh, and he played the Packers real tough. They possibly could have stole that one in Lambeau. They come out and shut out the Lions. Uh, they could possibly get Mac Jones back this week, but even when Bailey Zappi's winning games, granted, it's the Lions. Um, I have faith in the Patriots kind of turned around a little bit here. Cleveland losing a tough one to the Chargers this past week. Uh, their kicking has been very inconsistent throughout the year. Um, Jacoby Brissett is doing just enough to, to keep him in games. They need to rely on the run game a lot more. Nick Chubb's need Nick Chubb needs at least like 30 fucking carries a game, I'm pretty sure. He needs to have the rock at all times. Uh, Amari Cooper's kind of hit or miss. Some games he'll show up and have, you know, five for 100 and a touchdown. Other games he has one target. It, 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 you never know what's going to happen with the, the Browns and the Browns offense. Um, for that, I think just coaching alone will win this game. I'm taking New England. You know, same scenario for me last week. Tough one. Uh, second week in a row with the Browns involved. Listen, the Browns should be 5-0. and Don't get it twisted. They're 2-3. and They've blown games. They lost the game last week. They lost the game to the Jets at home when they were up by 17. They've blown games, and they blew the Falcons game. They should be 5-0. and um, I don't like to pick against Belichick. I actually do think they got a great chance to win this game. Uh, and they might be favored in the game, to be honest with you. I, I got to recheck that, but they might. I'm going to go with Cleveland because Cleveland, I think every week is in every game through five weeks, which they have been. They play good enough defense to win. They're not really hurt. They're not really hurt at all right now. They got a lot of guys healthy on defense. Uh, I think Nick Chubb continues his do whatever you want on the ground ways, and I think he has a big game. I think Kareem Hunt chips in too. I think this game comes down to the last possession. I do think the Browns win this one. Although that's not my most confident pick on the pickums, I would not be shocked if New England wins this game. But I'm going to go with Cleveland because when you're two and three and you're playing at home in a tight division like theirs, feels like a must win. So I'm going to go with Cleveland barely, but again, wouldn't be shocked if New England wins the game. So King Jay is agreeing with me, taking New England on this one. Um, I would like 
you know, the Browns win just for the Bills' sake to, to keep bumping Agreed. down everybody else yeah. in the division. But yep. um, I think they'll play them tough. I, again, I, I'm just taking New England. Yep. Um, Jets at Green Bay. Jets are coming off a big win against Miami. Granted, this is Miami without Tua, uh, without uh, their backup uh, Bridgewater. Yep. I don't even know this guy who who came in uh, last week because I'm pretty sure Bridgewater got hurt in the first quarter or something, at least the first half. Yep. But the, nobody saw the Jets smoking Miami as much as they did. Like I know Miami's got a decent defense, but I didn't think they were going to put 40 up on Miami's defense. No. That was a shock. Uh, yep. I think was it, this is the game Brees Hall had like. 180 or 198 yards total, for, you know, receiving. Yeah, Reese Hall went and, nuts. Yeah, he went nuts receiving and rushing. Um, Green Bay, um, I mean, Green Bay has not looked like the powerhouse that I thought, not that I thought they would be, but as in past years, I thought they'd be a lot better than they've been playing this year. You have no Devontae Adams. You have uh, no Valdez Scantling anymore. Your receiving core is dwindled down to rookies, and you have Aaron Jones, who's averaging the most yards per carry out of any running back, but with the least attempts. It doesn't make any sense. Green Bay needs to feed the rock to this guy, mm-hmm. and they haven't been doing that. Green Bay has been playing uh, very inconsistent football. However, they're at home. It is Lambeau. It's tough. It's still Aaron Rodgers. They still got a lot of things going for them. I don't think they're yep. the kind of, kind of team that's going to fold. And just because the Jets had a very good week last week, I don't think they can repeat that again, especially going into Lambeau. Um, if it was a home game for the Jets and they were in New Jersey, I might be picking a little bit differently. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I'm taking the Packers on this one. Aaron Rodgers will find a way to get it done. Yeah, um, I'm on the Packers. No-brainer this week. Um, it seems to me like... Uh, this is a must-win for the Packers. It also seems to me like I shouldn't be saying there that there's no way they lose this game. There is though. Mm-hmm. They just lost, they just blew that game to the Giants, and they were underwhelming the week before. They're at home this week. This is not in London. They're at home against the Jets. Uh, the Jets have played solid this year. They deserve to be three and two. But there's no way they win this game at the Packers because Terry, now you go to two and four against in the same division as a Vikings team that's four and one with a chance to go five and one this week. Um, now the panic button has been hit. I actually think the Packers respond in a big way this week by at least 10 points. So I'm going to go with the Packers. And, um, yeah, I, I just think they can't lose this game. There's there's no way. Uh, you can't get the Jets at home and lose without Zach Wilson. That That's a must win. Is so. there any uh, is, is there any um, Europe games this week, London games this week? Actually, no London games this week. Uh, they're taking, like, uh, every other week approach with London. I think there's a London game next week, but not this okay. week. Because so. that's wrong, then. Because I was looking at that, I'm like, that can't be right. No, then. the San Fran Atlanta game's at 1 o'clock okay. in Atlanta. So. Okay. Uh, moving on, uh, King J also taking the Packers on this. Moving on to Jacksonville at Indy, divisional game. Um, this could possibly be a close game as well. They're going to play each other tough. Uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville on this one. After watching Indy and Denver shoot out for just field goals i can't pick either of those teams to win games anymore until i start seeing them win games honestly that's the deciding factor there they literally played five quarters and scored no touchdowns um Mm -hmm. now i don't think that's gonna happen every week but the offense just looks very stale Granted, they were out. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, their best player, uh, they're out. Their backup running back on the first drive, Naheem Hines. They were running with Philip Lindsay, who eventually got hurt in that game, and a rookie running back. So Indy is very banged up. Uh, Michael Pittman. I don't know where he was last game. They were throwing to that Alec guy, uh, the rookie receiver. Alec Pierce. There you go, Alec Pierce. Um, a, a lot that game, but I mean, the, the Colts kind of just look hit or miss, man. Uh, 
I'm not seeing a lot of offense. I'm not seeing a lot of urgency from them. And until Taylor comes back, I don't think that team can be chosen. Uh, so for that reason, Jacksonville, they're still pretty hot. Trevor Lawrence has been playing good this year, a lot better than his rookie year. Um, I like I just like the way that Jacksonville has been playing compared to the Colts. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get something straight real quick. I picked Indy. I don't like the pick. Uh, I don't like it at all. Uh, I don't like picking Matt Ryan in any game based on what I saw last week. But um, to sit here and say that Jacksonville last week should have lost to an 0-3 Texans team at home, and on, and uh, let me take it back real quick, and not even score a touchdown, yikes. Uh, it's a personal pride thing this week for the Colts. They lost 24-0 to this team a couple weeks ago. Now they're at home, maybe feeling good about themselves because they stole one at Denver. So I'm going to go with them. I like it a lot better if Jonathan Taylor plays in the game, obviously, but I'm going to go with the Colts because they can't lose this game. They're in the same situation I feel like Cleveland is for divisional purposes, cannot lose to the Jaguars twice, or else you could basically throw winning the division out the window, and they play a lot better at home. The Colts have played more road games to this point than they have home games. They only played one home game in five weeks, so I feel like they're going to come home, have a good showing. I, again, would not be shocked if the Jags win the game, because I do think the Jags are the best team still in this division, but after last week's showing where they didn't score against an 0-3 Texans team at home, yikes. So I'm going to go with Indy at home in in a game that I, again, Coming out in the final minutes, but would not be surprised if Jacksonville steals it. But I'm going to go with Indy in a close one. So. King Jay's going to agree with you. He's taking Indy as well. Um, but it could have been a fluke. You know, I completely didn't even mention that uh, that they got 13 to six by the Texans, who were 0 and three. Yep. Um, in in my dis- I didn't really factor that in my decision, obviously. But um, hey, everybody has bad games. The Bills lost to the Jaguars last year too, and. You know, we looked pretty good at the beginning of the year because that was like a mid, was that like middle of the year, I think, when we lost that game or earlier in the year. It was like, right, it was like week five or six, I thought, last year when we lost to the Jags. But, um, you know, we weren't going jumping off a cliff going, now oh, the Bills are losing next week because they lost to an 0-5 team or whatever at the time. So, you know, just because that happens, everybody has bad games. I'm going to use that in my defense and still take there Jacksonville. Yep. Um, moving on, Minnesota at Miami. I mean, on paper, this should be pretty clear that Minnesota wins this game. Um, they're a lot more healthier. They have a starting quarterback. Um, they have a better running back. Uh, their running back's actually better than all of the running backs combined on Miami. Um, their receiving core is pretty on par. I mean, I like I like Tyreek, but I like Justin Jefferson a lot. Adam Thielen's kind of fallen off the boat a, a, a tad. I, I do take Jalen Waddell over him. Um but all in all, I think Minnesota, they have a little bit better of a defense. They have a little bit better of an offense. Um, even though they're a away team, I, I like the way that they've been playing a lot more than Miami, who seemed to have been falling off ever since the Tua injury. I mean, that really has messed with their psyche, I think. They lost Tua. They were undefeated when they when they had him. And then I think they've been defeated since. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, take in Minnesota. We, first of all, giving up 40 points to the Jets, not a good omen, uh, especially when that's the better part of your team right now at this moment. Um, I'm only going to go with the Vikings because of the pure fact of it's a third-string quarterback for Miami. I uh, don't even know his name, to be honest with you. Um, you can check that real quick. Uh, but eh, there's no way the Vikings should lose this game. Like you said, they're better on both sides. Maybe Miami's defense steps up. Uh, this is the kind of game, though, Kirk Cousins loses because he's Kirk Cousins and he can't play good on the road. But I don't see it no matter how he plays this week. So I'm going to go with the Vikings um, in what should be an easy win. But... Um, you never know in the NFL, obviously, week-to-week league, but 
I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. Miami definitely has struggled mightily uh, since since Tua, and I think it continues this week. And if it's a primetime game, maybe you pick Miami because Kirk Cousin doesn't know how to play under the lights, but it's not. It's a 1 o'clock game. It is a 1 o'clock game, yeah. Um, and the third-string quarterback is Skylar Thompson from nice. where? Kansas State. Nobody bad. cares. Yeah, nobody cares. He's exactly. Bad. Bad. Yep. Uh, moving on. Cincy at New Orleans. Um, the Bengals, I don't know, man. New Orleans has not I'll just start with them. Uh, the injuries. The injury bug is running through the entire offense there. They got Kamara back last week, but wide receiver core is extremely banged up. Michael Thomas was, wasn't playing. Jarvis Landry wasn't playing last week. And then Olave got hurt, concussed last game. On top of them not having Jameis Winston, not saying he's the greatest, but he's, I mean, he's a lot better than Andy Dalton, I would figure. Um, missing a lot of key components to your offense and only relying on Kamara is not a good look, man. Even though they're home, I'm still going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. I like Jamar Chase. He got almost shut out last week by the Ravens, man. He had a poor showing last week. Mixon also had a poor showing last week. Um, and they got beat by the Ravens, but I knew the Ravens were going to... I picked the Ravens last week. Divisional games are always tough, and I liked uh, the way Baltimore was playing, especially coming off that Bills loss. I thought they were going to play him tough, so... Um, the Bengals, though, coming off a loss last week in the in the division, I think they're going to try to uh, get this one back here, and I got them over New Orleans. Yeah, I agree. Um, I got the Bengals as well. They have played teams very tough every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and three, not indicative of how good the Bengals are. Listen, the Saints are missing people, but is, this is definitely one of the easier over-unders, by the way, I think, of the week. I think it's 43. I think this should be a high-scoring game. Uh, neither one of these defenses stopping much of anything right now. I mean, the Saints gave up 32 to Geno Smith last week, so they're, they're not stopping much. But I'm going to go with the Bengals. Uh, you definitely can't fall 2-4, and four, but despite the switch at quarterback, which, by the way, as an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, I feel like a boom for his value as Kamara went back to uh, Kamara stuff last week because he caught six balls for 91 yards and had 23 carries for 100 yards. Uh, that's what happens when you get your best player involved. Uh, he'll do good things, but despite that, I think in a close, high-scoring game, uh, the Bengals are going to not steal this one, but win this one on the road. Tough place to play in New Orleans. Uh, I've been there. Definitely one of the louder environments in the league, but uh, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals on the road as well. And King Jay is also taking the Bengals. Uh, Moving on, Baltimore at the Giants. Um, Baltimore, just a far better team than the Giants right now. The Giants are literally relying on Saquon Barkley. Um, beginning of the year, Giants started off really hot. We're all praising Brian Dable. He turned the team around. Here's the thing, though. They still got Daniel Jones. Um, I don't give a shit if they beat the Packers last week. I honestly don't care. Um, I Because the that, Packers have been average this year. It, the Packers <laughs> have been average. So it's not like they have been they beat the Packers that had Devontae Adams of two years ago. No. This isn't the same Packers team anymore. Um, I'm not giving them that much weight on that win. Baltimore still has a pretty potent offense. Lamar Jackson, MVP season, as he usually has. It's going to be tough for them to contain him. Um, I don't know, man. I like Baltimore in this one. I really don't have too much to say about it. Um, King Jay's also taking Baltimore. How about you? Uh, a couple weeks ago, if you picked this game, uh, it would have been a no-brainer pick Baltimore. Obviously, the Giants have been one of the pleasant surprises of the year at 4-1. Uh, as an Eagles fan, we don't like to see that. Uh, but... Yeah, the, the, the game last week, uh, an epic collapse. I don't care what anybody says about the Packers. It never should have happened. Packers should have rolled after being up 17-3. The Giants, at the end of the day, they're one-trick pony, and that would be Saquon Barkley. And as long as the Ravens can stop him, or at least limit him, I do think Lamar Jackson and company get it done on the road. Uh, obviously, they're a better team at home than they are on the road. But the Ravens, a little stat for you, coming into this week, are 2-0 and this year on the road. 
So they've had no troubles playing on the road. They've actually lost more games at home than on the road. So I do think they get the job done this week in a low-scoring affair. But I got the Ravens. Moving on, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Pittsburgh Steelers. This one Whoa. shouldn't even be close. Um, I don't know what the spread is on this one. Uh, I think minus, all, minus eight. All three of us are probably going to take uh, the Buccaneers on this one. Pittsburgh still without TJ Watt. Uh, last week they were saying he could be back this week. However, I'm just reading an update that he went under surgery, um, and now it's looking like he won't return before the bye week, which is week nine. So could possibly be another four to five weeks before TJ Watt comes back. That defense has not played the same without him. Um, offenses look putrid. Kenny, I mean, they have a rookie quarterback. They have to figure some things out. I know uh, Mike Tomlin said that after the game, there's going to need to be some changes. Coaching and player-wise, there's going to need to be some changes. Um, I don't think they're going to make enough changes in one week to, to overcome the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Uh, just too many weapons. Um, do the Bucks have Godwin back yet? I know they're still they're banged up a tad, but you still got Mike Evans. You still got a healthy Leonard Fournette, and I still got a healthy Tom Brady. Well, they got Tavon Hill. It doesn't matter who's on the roster. They got plenty of healthy guys to beat this yeah, team. Yeah. Can, uh, Steelers are looking like bottom three team in the league right now. That's right, Jeremy Janice. Uh, bookmark that comment because that's exactly what they look like with Kenny Pickett. Oh, this is a no-brainer. Uh, the Buccaneers are better at all three phases of the ball. Uh, this should be an easy game for the Bucs. They should easily cover the eight-point spread. And uh, this should be, a, like I said, obviously it's a week-to-week league, but the Buccaneers, I don't believe, will mess around on this one. This should be a blowout. Uh, not similar, not 38-3 to like they beat the Bills. Sorry, they lost to the Bills, but uh, very, very similar. They, the Buccaneers should have no problem moving the ball on offense and no problem stopping uh, Kenny Pickett. So definitely on the Bucs. Uh, moving on, Carolina Panthers at the L.A. Rams. Uh, another one. Another one. Kind, of, kind of a no-brainer here. Yeah. We can't pick Carolina, uh, I mean, as long as Baker's quarterback. And Baker's not quarterback uh, this week. P.J. Walker. It's going to be yeah, P.J. Walker. Of course. And I can still not pick them because exactly, of that, yeah, for that exactly. reason. Yeah. Um, the Rams, they, they still got key players. They haven't been the Rams of last year. They haven't even played close to the Super Bowl Rams that no. they were uh, just a year ago. Um, but... That being said, the Carolina Panthers have looked putrid. They finally fired their uh, head coach, Matt Rule. Yep, um, knew that was we, coming. we knew that was coming. Uh, Baker ended up getting their head coach fired and then hurt himself so that exactly. he didn't have to play. <laughs> he set him up for uh, failure there. Um, McCaffrey's been the only shining spot on this team, and he can't do it uh, just himself. I mean, it seems that Barkley's kind of holding the team down by himself. But, but at least they're 4-1. But at least they're 4-1. Um, uh, you know, the morale of this, this Panthers team is defeated. I would hate to be a Panthers fan uh, for that reason, but I would love to be a Panthers fan for the cheap ticket prices that they're probably yeah, offering exactly, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rams, too much firepower, man, uh, on offense. Do we think he'll be – here's the first uh, hot take of the, the day – do we think uh, Allen Robinson, the second, will have over two catches? It's embarrassing. I um, I, 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 <laughs> it's bad that you have to think about that. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think about over two catches, but this this one this is the potential to be a two hundred yard receiving game for Cooper Cup. Uh, if there's ever a get right game for a team that's not doing anything well right now in the Rams, uh, this is it. They've lost two in a row and they look like crap. Both games against the Cowboys and the Niners. Enter P.J. Walker and a Panthers team that has done nothing right in the first couple weeks. So definitely think they win by double digits. I think they're, the spread is 10.5. Definitely think they cover that. Um, Rams looking to get back on track, and I think they do. Uh, I do think Allen Robinson gets three catches, but uh, it's not something I would bet on because it's a Cooper Cub-led receiving group, and it is every single week. So uh, definitely on the Rams this week. 
Uh, next game, and all three of us, I think, are taking the Rams on that one. Again, we're all agreeing here. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle uh, is looking pretty decent again. It's like uh, they started off, the they won week one against uh, the Broncos. And granted, we didn't realize the Broncos were going to be that bad, but um, kind of fell off a little bit, and they're back on scoring a bunch of points, man. They've been a higher-scoring team uh, the last couple weeks. Um, the Cardinals have been a little bit more of a disappointing team this year. Paid Kyler Murray all that money. They lose last week in a close game. Uh, their kicker misses a field goal. A lot of missed field goals last week, I, I'm starting to realize. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if if Kyler just has that sense of urgency anymore. He got paid, and a lot of people, once they get paid, they kind of put it on autopilot a little bit. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he's got the sense of urgency. It doesn't seem like he cares about winning or losing at this point. Um, there's no DeAndre Hopkins. He will be back, though, next week possibly provide a spark or maybe DeAndre Hopkins goes, I don't even want to be on this team. Let's restructure my deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Next year I'm gone. Uh, Cause they've been looking awful. Uh, definitely their James Conner got hurt. Um, they're down to a, a backup running back. There's a lot, uh, even though Seattle lost Penny for the year, Penny, not that he's that important. They've got a rookie coming in. Um, I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett alone is enough being said. Geno Smith can get the ball to either of those guys. They're playmakers. I like the offense. I like uh, Seattle a lot more. Yeah, some people might take the Cardinals this week because of, you know, I, I don't know why you would take the Cardinals. Maybe yeah. divisional, toss-up, Kyler Murray. Divisional game. Yeah, but I like the Seahawks as well um, because of the way Geno Smith's been playing. He's actually been playing lights out this year. Uh, believe it or not, didn't expect that to ever happen. But that offense in general has been producing at a very high rate. They haven't stopped uh, They haven't stopped anybody, but they're playing good enough on offense to win this game at home. Uh, if they can beat the Broncos at home in Week 1 and play the Saints the way they did last week, and, you know, go on the road. And actually, they played good the last two weeks, the Lions and the Saints. Um, yeah, they can win this game at home against Kyler Murray. Uh, Cardinals have been less than impressive the entire year. So I'm going to go with the uh, Seahawks as well. Yeah, Seahawks, uh, eighth in total yards, seventh in uh, points, and third overall in third down percentages. Man, their offense has been clicking on all cylinders. Yep. Um, moving on, Dallas at Philly divisional game. This is going to be a very good game. I mean, uh, Sunday night, um, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, the only undefeated team left on this one. And I think uh, everybody and their mother's thinking this is going to be a win for the Eagles. However, your boy Mikey D is taking the Cowboys on this one. You know why? Cooper Rush. Especially, I think Dak still might be held out one more week. Uh, Cooper Rush is undefeated in all of his starts. Uh, do not take that stat lightly. Granted, he's not playing like an elite quarterback he's doing enough to win games and guess what Hertz is doing enough to win games too so um I like Dallas I think they finally uh, they got something going here with Cooper Rush I think the offense is clicking uh the running backs that they have are probably one of the better two one two punches with Zeke and Tony Pollard Zeke hasn't been the dominant Zeke when his first got in the league, but he's doing he's doing a very good job, especially sharing the timeshare with Tony Pollard, who could possibly be a starting running back on any other team. Um, being a divisional game, being Cooper Rush, being undefeated, I'm going to slightly take the the Cowboys on this one. Um, I would take them with the plus because they're going to. I don't know what the the spread was. I'm taking them with the spread, but I'm going to take a money line as well. Yeah, obviously um, it's going to be a, a very close game. I think this game and the, the Bills game, best two games of the week by far. Uh, two teams that don't like each other, uh, divisional rivals, uh, to probably the two teams this division will end up coming down to at the end of the year. Uh, the Eagles lost to the Cowboys twice last year. Uh, trying, They need to exercise their demons and win one against this group uh, so they know that they can do it. And uh, Terry, now this is a massive game for the Eagles. You never thought you'd say that as a team that's 5-0, and but it is. You win this game, you're two games up on Dallas going into the bye week. Eagles have a bye next week. Um 
games in Philly. I like the Eagles, um, not just as an Eagles fan, but I think this the way the Eagles are playing right now uh, is top three team in the league right now on both offense and defense. Uh, very, very nervous about the game. Dallas, one of the more underrated teams. You never thought you'd say this on defense in the league. Micah Parsons in that front seven and get after it every week. And that will be the difference in the game. How will the Eagles front group up front with the offensive line block the Dallas defensive line? That's where I feel like this game will be decided. I think the Eagles do enough to win this game. Win this game less by less than 10. Um, it's going to be an absolute war for four quarters. Obviously, these two teams do not like each other, but I like the Eagles. I like the way they've been playing, and they've been able in close games this year to execute. I think they do the job because they're at home. I think Dallas later in the year will take the game at Dallas. I think these teams split one-on-one, but I do have the Eagles this week. Uh, I do believe they do just enough to get over the hump. I think this is a big mental game for Jalen Hurts. you got to show that you can beat the Cowboys if you're going to win the division. So uh, that's why I like the Eagles. So uh, Stat-wise, the Eagles are top 10 in all offensive categories and defensive categories. Uh, except for like third down stops or something like that. But um, at least on the app that I'm using, they're top 10 in all offensive and defensive categories. That's crazy. Now, a lot of people are going to say before we get into the Monday night game, I just wanted to say real quick, the Eagles schedule hasn't been the toughest. No, it definitely hasn't. Uh, Definitely Dallas, believe it or not, that's the toughest game we've had all year. Uh, But uh, I don't think the Vikings and Cardinals are bad wins, especially when the Vikings were playing the way they were playing after week one. Cardinals game, yeah, they haven't been great this year, but it's never easy to win on the league in the on the road. The Eagles are also, by the way, quick stat, 3-0 on the road this year. That's a good start. That's part of the reason why they're 5-0. But, yeah, it definitely hasn't been the toughest, um, but I think the Eagles have played. You got you know what you play? You got to beat who you're supposed to beat. I think the Eagles have done that in five weeks. So, obviously, Dallas is their toughest team, but we will see how it holds this week. Uh, anything can happen in a divisional game, so... We'll see how Shields. I agree. And we're going to end uh, the Pickums with the Monday night game. Denver, why do we keep giving them primetime games at the L.A. Chargers? Uh, again, should be a no-brainer. Chargers should escape this one with an easy win, especially since uh, Russell Wilson forgot how to play quarterback uh, since he joined the Broncos. Um the Broncos offense has not clicked at all this year. Um, Russ has not looked the same. We keep saying this. He just looks defeated out there. Um, I don't know. Again, we will wait and see until uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets fired later this year, which is inevitable. It will happen. But the Chargers look like the far better team. Austin Eckler, uh, unbelievable running back, had a huge monster game last week. Mike uh, Williams had a big game last week as well. They're down Keenan Allen and still making it happen without their, some key players on offense and defense. Um, for that reason, I'm going to take the Chargers. I know King Jay will as well. You. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm obviously with you and King Jay. I don't think they lose this game. Like I said, they've won two in a row. Coming back home now after winning two games on the road, the way they played against the Jaguars obviously was well known by their coaching staff. I don't think they do it again. The Broncos are reeling right now. They're not doing anything right. And even though it's divisional and anything can happen, Herbert and them are definitely the healthier team. Charger, it feels like right now, sorry, not the Chargers, the Broncos are losing everybody. They lost Javante Williams, lost Randy Gregory. Russell Wilson's not playing good. They're not a hard team to defend. Uh, basically a two-trick pony. They only throw the ball to two players. That's Judy and Sutton. And that's not going to win on the road. I don't think they get it done. And then the Chargers go back to go back at home, respond after the last time they played at home when they lost 38-10. So I got the Chargers. Um, 24-20, to so 44. I don't even think that many points will be scored, but I'm going to go with the Chargers. 
Okay. And I did forget to mention before we started the pick'ems this week, uh, King J and I are now neck and neck tied at 42 wins apiece. Uh, Greg had a good win la- uh, uh, ratio last week, picked 11 correct, uh, as well as I did. King J only getting eight correct. Ooh, sorry mm. there, bud. Yeah, yeah sorry. Better not, you're better bad, you're bad. Um, uh, real quick, before we end it, some news here. Do we think uh, Devontae Adams is going to get sued here? What's he going to do? He's going to end up having to pay this guy, right? Yeah, for pushing yeah, yeah. The Devontae Adams, uh, you know what? I didn't think that guy was a bad person, but that was, uh, I saw the the. Footage. You can't be pushing camera people over the tunnel because yeah. your team lost. Uh, yeah. That's that, that guy didn't do anything to you. Uh, an unnecessary character flaw, clearly on him. Although he did apologize to the guy. Um, probably gonna get suspended. I'd say I'd say about one game. Okay. But um, I don't think you can't mess around with NFL media personnel, like especially in the tunnel. Like guy was just doing his job. So it's. It's definitely something she gets suspended for. We'll see how, how she holds. I'm but. with you. I think uh, it's going to be a hefty fine that the NFL is going to put on him. He'll get suspended at least a game. I hope no definitely more because fine, yeah. I have him in fantasy. And uh, he's going to have to pay this guy out uh, X amount of dollars on top of that as well. Yep. And I agree. I don't think the guy was came to that game thinking, I, I can't wait to uh, get money from an NFL player. Um, look at Adams was frustrated, visibly frustrated. Um, he pushed the guy over. He was in the wrong. The guy fell. Whether or not he was seriously injured or not, you just can't be doing that. And here's yep. a, a good point that was brought up on Undisputed today. What's the similarities between Devontae Adam and Draymond Green on both of these incidences that they got caught with is because they got caught. It was on camera. When things are on camera, it's a lot harder to lie about it or make it seem a little bit more believable in your direction. Uh, if they didn't catch the Draymond thing, oh, man, yeah, it was just a light punch. Dude, this dude sucker punched Jordan Poole. Uh, yeah, exactly. Adams, Adams if, if it wasn't caught on camera, oh, I lightly shoved the guy. They wouldn't even have said the guy fell. He had a concussion, whatever. But because things are getting caught on camera now, uh, these athletes are being held a little bit more accountable. I agree. Um, another thing that was caught on camera was Ron Rivera throwing Carson Wentz under the bus. I don't know if you heard this about him saying that what's the somebody a reporter asked him what was the key difference in the uh, basically in their division, and he just said quarterback, and he just stopped for a second, and they said you care to elaborate, and it, it was hilarious how he, he basically said Carson Wentz. Uh, well, he said quarterback, and he kind of went back to try to say like, oh well, uh, he's done some things right, but he hasn't done some things. I, I think he got frozen the moment there. He basically said Carson Wentz is the reason why the Washington Commanders are where they're at this year. Yeah, that was pretty disrespectful. I, I wouldn't even want to play another game under him if I was Carson Wentz. Uh, you can't be saying that about your quarterback and one of your team captains and one of your leaders, whether he's been good or bad. But yeah, to basically say that to the NFL media and it's out in the whole NFL, you never know. Carson Wentz might have the best game of his career tonight to respond to those comments, but Sounds awful to say in this podcast, but I tell you what, they are one and four because of Carson Wentz. He has done nothing right, and uh, he doesn't look good at all. So, But that's not all on Carson Wentz. It's also on the play calling. So Rivera, two wrongs don't make a right, so he's not perfect either. I will say, yeah, Carson Wentz is the quarterback of this team. Uh, Stat-wise, he's got a 63 completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,390 yards, which is, I think, top five. Ten touchdowns and six picks. Um, Not awful stats if you look at it yeah you can get the picks down maybe a little bit more generate but the offense seems to be like throwing wise he's not bad I think all in all I think the team has just been bad this year yeah the team's Uh, been bad very bad and it probably comes back on the coach because he's throwing players under the bus so I agree and I'll end on this last note here is OBJ gonna end up uh, a bill a packer or a ram um I I like his chances to end up either with Buffalo or back with the Rams Uh, obviously back with the Rams because of what happened last year they won the Super Bowl Obviously, they they miss him more than they even thought was possible this year because of what he did to help Cooper Cup get open. He's not going to go to a cold weather team like the Packers. Uh, they're I don't think he believes that he can win with them. 
But because he's such good friends with Von Miller, and Von Miller has openly told him to come to Buffalo, and because of the culture of the Bills right now with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Bills Mafia, I do think it's either the Rams or the Bills. And I tell you right now, he goes to the Bills, you can just book it for the Super Bowl because they're not going to lose with a healthy OBJ, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen, and and that defense. And, so. it, and it wouldn't be till like week 11 t- until he would be actually able to play. Uh, I agree with you. It would either be the Rams or the Bills. I don't see him going to Green Bay. Uh, granted, the Bills aren't the warm climate uh, place either. However, True. we are a Super Bowl contender, and, and the, the Packers, Packers are, not. are not a Super exactly. Bowl contender. Yep. Um, so for that being said, I think this is the end of the podcast. Mikey D. Ready to? We out. Yeah.